and welcome back to the Eurovision Rewind podcast. If you have not already listened to part one of our Rewind on the Eurovision Song Contest of 2013, you can go ahead and check that out either in this podcast feed that you're listening to this from, or if you're not doing that or want to listen to it somewhere else, I suppose you can go check it out at vocabgumbo.com. There you can catch our recap of 2013 news and charts, and also the first half of the songs themselves. And without further ado, let's take it away and rewind back to the second half of the songs and styles and more from the Eurovision Song Contest 2013. Alrighty, so to performance number 10, which was from Russia, and it was Dina Garipova's What If... Um, what if this was a good song? Yeah, I do not care for this. She comes from the Ukraine 2010 school of a bunch of vague world peace adjacent lyrics together and sing a song that the whole thing is inspiring. This ugly ass dress with those sleeves. Oh, they're bad. Yeah, this is... I, I, I've been thinking about the way that we uh, the way that we talk about songs on here, and I think there are three scenarios in which we end up talking about your outfit. Scenario one is it's fantastic. <laughs> That's the Moldova from earlier. Scenario two is it's horrid. Scenario three is there are issues with it, but your song is uninteresting enough that it's the only thing we can talk about. This falls into category three. I don't care. And therefore, I will be looking at the bad lace on the sleeves of her dress. I w would rather be looking at the staging of those orbs. I thought that was pretty fun. Orb. I like the bubbles, yes. The, yeah, those glowing kind of like um, comically large street lamps. I thought <laughs> were neat. Um, I also thought that the lyrics of this song were just so poorly timed and ironic given what Russia was about to do in oh, the world yeah. event. Russia is Russia is the master of like, why can't we all just get along? And like fully like Ukraine performs after them and it's just like <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> like in twenty fifteen is a prime example of this. In twenty fifteen, they sent a song called A Million Voices that was about like world peace and why can't we just get along and let's stop fighting. But literally Ukraine had to withdraw that year because of the annexation of Crimea. Oh. They had they didn't have enough money to fund it fund it an entrant. Oh. So, um, yeah, very tone deaf. I thought this song was hilarious for that reason only. <laughs> I, there was a key change in there, which I appreciated, because otherwise it was very boring. There were... I, I called them angelic myth, Mythbusters. Uh, <laughs> Mythbusters? What do you mean? <laughs> they look like the Mythbusters squad. Back, backup dance? The backup singers? Yeah. I don't um, Why did hope I, I understand. That? Hold on, I gotta, I gotta go relook at it. I that. like the way your mind works. 
they show up at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I stand by that. They look. What? They look like Mythbusters. <laughs> what? Like I, the actual Mythbusters, or what the Mythbusters do? Like what the Mythbusters do. I can maybe see the guy on the right looking like Tori Belici, but I otherwise it's I what? We got a Grant <laughs> Imahara type. We got a Tori Belici. We got like I don't know, man. They one oh. woman. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, remember the second woman on Mythbusters? Sidebar. Like um, no. the one who was like the the welder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that's not Carrie Byron's cool. name. I've forgotten. Yeah, I think her name was Scotty. I don't know why um, I said that, but I, I, I kind I don't of know why either. <laughs> I mean, clearly my so mind was in such an also this... state from the from the complete lack of interest in the song that I was reaching for things. And this is also another instance of Mythbusters, sweetie. I'm so sorry that an ugly ass bitch would ever say that. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we've said our piece on this song. Bottom. Bottom. Yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, this is a big year of confusion for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. So but anyway. We're going some serious changes. And at the end of those changes, we have the 2020 roster, which is so great. And I'm so glad that the songs that we're performing or that would have performed this year are not of the same quality as in 2013. That's it's actually kind of sad to think about that like these songs could perform on the Eurovision stage, but all the songs from 2020 couldn't. Yeah, they were so much better, all of them, without fail. Anyway, bop after banger after groove after ballad in all good ways. Fully, oh, completely. Man. Should maybe a Patreon exclusive talk about the 2020 entries? Oh, we have to. They're yeah. so good. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, I think we're we're ready to move on to um, song number eleven, which is "Glorious" by Cascada from Germany. Controversy question. is. I have a question before we get into controversy corner. Absolutely. Is this that Cascada? Is it this? Is, it is that Cascada. Cascada? It's the one and only. Huzzah! Hello, Calais. That's a shame that she's. Yeah, I guess. Turn up with a better song. Okay, same. I thought this was the one we're gonna, that we we're going to fight about, but I guess not. <laughs> oh well, um, I'll, I'll say my thoughts on this one. What? What is our controversy cool. corner, my good friend? <laughs> <laughs> Controversy Corner. Very minor, and I think it's stupid, but people talked about it. Um, it was accused of plagiarism. Oh, 100%. Which yeah, song? it was um, the songs um, Don't You Worry Child by Swedish House Mafia that we've brought up before. Um, yeah. And Euphoria by Lorene, which was a 2012 entrant to the contest. This is a direct rip of Don't You Worry Child. Like, no bones about it. The, the drop on this song is 100% don't you worry child with a but a little bit changed like there, I, I don't think it's like plagiarism it though. is 
if blurred lines can i feel get, like you can make a case for so many songs that nobody talks about that plagiarism you know i th this is this i this to me sticks out as very blatant i think that this is you cannot dispute that this is a direct rip of don't you worry child do i think it's close it's not close enough to be like oh guess swedish house mafia is getting the royalties for this one like i don't think it's that close um yeah but this i is, agree it's it's so obvious it's so obvious and it's really a shame because because yeah. every time we touch is an all-time banger conic it is a great song doesn't know that song like it's yeah, so it's deeply in ingrained into the collective consciousness yeah it's <laughs> truly it's it's awesome it, it's also uh slightly better if you speed it up by 25 percent um but like <laughs> so i'm i'm disappointed to see someone who is a legitimate dance music star star is a strong word but like a legitimate she's she's got she legitimately has a place in the annals of dance music history because she created that mega hit and then to show up and just do can i copy your homework version of don't you worry child was really disappointing to me but yeah i have to agree with all of that um uh, also her dress is ugly and i oh, think wow. that the weird uh, just to describe it it's this kind of unflattering it's like this weird and colored dress that is cut at a really weird length and then there's this uh like sheer almost like tool like tail that goes to her feet it's weird um and i think that the um that platform that she's on has like nothing to the performance an acrylic something nonsense it's yeah and then like all she does is just like of azerbaijan 2010 oh yeah and all it does is just that, like, it lets her, like, have a moment where she walks down the stairs during the last chorus, which, okay, sure. Um, yeah, the song really is nothing special. Yeah, and like you said, it's kind of, like, upset. unfortunate to see Mascata in this state, I guess. Yeah, I really wish she had just showed up with, like, a full-on 90s, 2000s happy hardcore song and uh. just rocked the house with that, but so it goes. I didn't actually yeah. catch the Swedish house Ma Swedish house mafia rip at first. I I knew that it reminded me of some song, and my connections were "Summer" by Calvin Harris and "Wake Me Up" by Avicii. But yeah, the, I mean, like, those no, are that, those two. It's the same. It's the same moment in moments in time. Yeah, I, sure. Yeah. As I was writing those, I'm like, no, neither of these are quite right. But you are are spot on. This song is like sh shamefully underwhelming yeah um, here okay i'm gonna edit mark for ellis i'm gonna splice in the drop from this song and then the drop from swedish house mafia or the drop from um don't you worry child it's it's blatant
And splice. Think, oh, sorry, great. <laughs> I also think that her vocals were not as powerful as they could have been for the energy yeah. of the song. Like they there was a there was good potential for her vocals in particular to have made this performance something entirely different than it was. And uh, she failed to do that. And I think because of that, we were forced to notice the, the pretty much plagiarism of the drop even more. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't think it was a great uh, combination. It was, it was a, a bad storm of events that all came together and made this song arguably bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like think? it. I think it's still it's still a fun song. Cheeks can still sing. She still has good stage presence. Don't I like "Don't You Worry, Child"? Even if it is a bit, a bit. Um, I mean, I'll I'll take Swedish House Mafia over a lot of the other producers of like a lot of the other mega hit producers of the time. Looking at you, Tiesto. But yeah, I don't think it was. It's it's not as bad as we're talking about it. But the bad the flaws do stick out more than the positives. Yeah, do you think that um, Europe would have been able to see all those flaws? I mean, I think the rip is clear enough, because Don't You Worry Child was also recent enough for this that I think it's going to be like, hey, this, hey, something's up here. I don't know how that's going to They bring the... Voting, but... Literally talk about Don't You Worry Child in the Interval Act. Watch that. Oh, I did watch the Interval Act, and yeah. Like, remember yeah, the part yeah. where, like, the English reporter, and he's like, the Swedes have a very ambivalent attitude towards the church. And then um, oh, there's yeah, this yeah. couple, they were talking to the, to the priest and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely in the conscious of the viewers. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know how that's, how it's going to affect the placing though. But Cascada, I wish Cascada had done something better because I would like to vote for Cascada, but I can't. I think it's still going to do pretty well. Even despite the flaws in this song, it's something that's very danceable. It's very fun. It's a lot more engaging than oh, so many of the other songs. And it's engaging in a good way. Again, I'm looking at Romania. I cannot wait to talk about that. Um, and also, can I bring something up? Yeah. Yes. We have gotten through 11 songs, and collectively we have liked one of them. Maybe yeah. two. We liked we liked uh, Moldova a lot, and I think we kind of liked Malta, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, the 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 front half of this show is just a tragedy. It's bad. It, it picks up in the back half, but like, oh, it's way too long to get there. Yeah, it sure does. And anyway, moving on, I guess we have song number twelve, um, and it is the Dorians from Armenia with the song "Lonely Planet." was written by Tony Iommi. Whoa. The lead guitarist of Black Sabbath wrote this song. Why? It is so inexplicable and I like sonically you can't tell. I (laughs) more confusion. This year is so confusing and I can't explain any of it. (laughs) So it's written by 
it's written by the lead guitarist of Black Sabbath. It's performed by Vladislav from What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> and it is deeply, deeply boring. I said, this is another one of my referential uh, notes. I said that this group in their, you know, all denim or denim themed outfits was like John Mayer meets Dave Matthews Band meets oh, the script. Yeah, and that's not a good combo. It's not a good and, like, combo. Like kind of meets the Foo Fighters. Oh, maybe a little bit. But, but it's just so amateurish, I feel. They look like they're like dads to like, toddlers and that they like rehearse in one of their garages every once in a while. I don't know. I also hate how the, um, instead of having, like, mics, the, um, like, guitarists and bassists who are, like, doing background vocals, they have, like, the weird, like, Britney Spears, like, microphone on your cheek, which I think is so stupid. Like, it would add so much to the performance, I feel like, if there were, like, mic stands like an actual rock band would have instead of, like, having the weird boy band microphones. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, just based on vibe alone, without really analyzing the lyrics, it, it very much fit the We Are One theme. It felt- Can you even say We Are One? No, 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 I did not. But it okay. could have. You, like, that could have been one of the lyrics and I would have totally accepted that. And hmm. you know, aside from Rush's entry of like, in your face, what if we put down the guns for a moment? You know? <laughs> yeah. This is the one that most strongly fits that kind of like here we are being preachy about humanitarianism but was a yeah. passable song this you could know. be uh this could be a we are the world yeah 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 but i think that's the song perfectly that it's a passable song with atrocious preachy impactful lyrics yeah mm. i will say though what if this was before we end our conversation about the song back to the outfits for a second they're so obviously 2013, but somehow they're able to like stand the test of time more than you know other outfits that are very obviously from the era. Like 2003, you look back in that and in shame and regret. And Jinko jeans from the UK. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but this one, I I thought the outfits were like, I'm like, huh? I can look back on that. Fondly, I mean, I'm allowed to because the outfits were not atrocious. Mm. Just, just a thought. Yeah, very that. So, will this be enough to make an impact in the results? Doubt it. I think this is going to end up in the middle. But the thing is, I've been saying this is going to end up in the middle so much that I know that a lot of the songs for all of them going to say end up in the middle are going to get pushed to the top because there's nothing else that can go on top of them. Urgh. That's the vibe this year. Yep. Such a weird year. Such a strange year. Also, 2012 and 2014 were such good years, in my opinion, that like this one just really oh, disgusting. Anyway, uh, I think that's all we have to say about Armenia. Oh, which means that we're moving on to song number 13, which was Birds by a Nuke from the Netherlands.
So Do this you know one, why that one cut out? It was really strange. So for context, the recording that's on YouTube, there was this weird part with Swedish comedian who was taking you many different locations in Sweden. And then it cut into the middle of the other one's performance during the like actual um, broadcast. I don't think that happened. It was weird. Presumably not, because it would have been aired live. Because what? Because they did they did the sketch with Linda Woodruff, was the name right. of the character who is touring Stockholm, and then Petra Mead mm. was saying something, and then it cut straight from paid to Petra Mead into midway through the Netherlands, and this is like on the official Eurovision channel too. That's strange. But the thing but, um, is, I didn't care enough about this song to go back and watch <laughs> the whole thing. Really? No. But I really like this one. I think that this is the song has the performance has nothing to it. It's literally just a woman wearing normal clothes on the satellite stage and not moving singing a song. But I think that's all it needs. I think this song is really I think it's a really beautiful song. I think it's performed well. And it's one of those songs that I think really easily could have been like crapped up with a bunch of like um aspects of staging and kind of gimmicks, but it isn't. I think it's staged really well and it's done really smartly. And um, and yeah, I think it's cool that Anouk did Eurovision because, from what I understand, she's a pretty big star in the Netherlands. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this one personally. One of the few that I I did really enjoy this year. I also like this song, but not as a Eurovision Song Contest entry. That's this, fair. The staging was very simple. I said that it was a stand-in-place ballad, but in jeans, which is pretty fun. Um, <laughs> But like the backing tracks with the, like kind of military esque like marching drum beat, and this sweeping uh, orchestration and the vocals, they never quite like resolve to a place of hopefulness. I guess is the best way I can describe mm. it, given that I have yeah. uh, no real knowledge of music theory. I I thought it was a very like beautiful song, but it should be in a movie score, not. You know, for sure. Not here in Eurovision. It was it was too dark. It was too, just not the right kind of, not the right situation. So I think for that reason, it'll probably do excellently in the in the jury vote. But I don't think it's really gonna have any impact in the televote. Yeah, I agree. I, I've been thinking a lot about Eurovision and gimmicks, and like and gimmicks in relation to Eurovision and professional wrestling. Because like in professional wrestling, not to I, I to bring it in again, if you're going to do successfully as a wrestler, you need a gimmick of some sort. It's it's not a dirty word. It's just like how can you elevate or pitch your character and make it interesting enough that fans are going to remember you. And I think Eurovision songs generally need to do the same thing. If your song doesn't have some gimmick or some hook to lodge itself in the viewers minds it's not going to do that well and that's like that's not a bad thing the, a, a lot of great songs have a lot of great eurovision songs have their gimmicks um at moldova 2010 at moldova 2013 but this does not and i don't think the song is good enough the song no the song is 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 it's perfectly good it's not my taste but it's perfectly good but it's not the song itself does not stand up enough, stand out by itself enough to make up for the lack of any gimmicking in this song. Yeah, that's you're not wrong. I think that I do think that 
there are some songs that have absolutely no gimmicks and do really well at Eurovision. Like, um, like Germany 2010 had no gimmick whatsoever and it ended up winning, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I, but I do agree that, like, I think that the song has to be exceptional. Yeah. And Just while like I like this one, I yeah. don't know if it's exceptional in the same way that, like, Germany 2010 or, like, Salvador Sobral's song really were. Because Germany 2010 also, it, it wasn't really gimmicking itself, but it, it very much, it had an identity and it also didn't sound like anything else that had been submitted that year. Because, like, we were comparing it the, to... This song doesn't either. But the, it does, because it's another ballad. It's another it's another woman standing still in one point on the stage and singing a perfectly lovely ballad. And that does not... Like Millen was saying... But like Millen was saying, I think that song is so sad and, like, the sweeping orchestration and the kind of, like, melancholy backing vocals, I think that that really makes it stand out. Okay. me because i feel like like millen said like this doesn't seem like a eurovision song like i think a lot of these number of these songs are very eurovision by the like the books really and i think that because this one is so original and kind of just like the fact that it sounds like it doesn't really belong there i think makes it stand out okay yeah i'm with jonathan on this one i think it was i think it was beautifully done it's just wrong here <laughs> we compare that to I guess actually none of the songs so far really, but if we compare that to like say Denmark later on, which hits all of the the pressure points, you know, and fulfills all of the criteria for it being a Eurovision song, like it has it is Eurovision in its DNA. This one with the Netherlands does not, and I I still think it's a lovely song, but I don't think it's going to do very well. You Ellis, what result do you think? I really don't know. Because I don't like, I don't think it's stand out enough to do well. But that said, like it is a perfectly finely constructed song, and she sings it well. So like, it's not. It's this is a, an instance of a song that I think in a stronger year would do significantly worse. But because the field this year is so weak, I think this is going to get pushed up towards the top. All right. Get behind that. <laughs> yeah. So. You've just ended the first half. Yo. Starting the second half is Romania's Cesar with the song It's My Life. Yes, this is like what to... we need in our Eurovisions. I would just like to make a quote from Phineas and Ferb here, if I may. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If I had a nickel for every time someone was lifted up by their skirt to unnatural heights, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I when the song started, I was like, wait, I feel like I've seen this before. And then the chorus kicked in, and I was like, ah, yes, this one. I love this. Because this dude is going full 
if you if you are familiar with Vitas, the weird looking Russian dude, looks like he's from space, does these crazy whistle tone stungs. You know him from <laughs> But this dude is Vampire Vitas and it's working so well. He's in full operatic falsetto the entire time singing this pop song in this absurd gigantic rhinestoned rhinestoned cowl of a jacket and a ginormous skirt that once again goes full nutcracker christmas tree and it's so good he's he's surrounded in the beginning by this red like plastic tarp which i can best describe as you know that like the parachute thing the like circus tent style parachute from elementary school gym class yeah Yeah. and people crawl out of it and they're mostly nude and they're mostly spray painted gold and they do weird like undulatory dances and this gay you know operatic vampire is just belting (laughs) these really scratchy falsettos at like maximum volume maximum pitch very impressive honestly Everything about this is, first of all, if we're considering the fact that the uh, order for the songs was scripted, it makes no sense <laughs> going from the Netherlands' very you know soft, dark song to to this just out of the ballpark tune. Um, yeah, I I could not help but laugh at this song and. The lyrics were terrible. There was another dubstep break in this one. Yes. Like this to me, this is my version of uh, uh, which one was yours, Jonathan? That was like too much and everything. Oh, uh, Belarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my version of it's doing way too much. I can't get enough. Yeah, yeah I cannot get enough of this. This I, I hate to. I hate to be the one, but I don't know if I love this one as much as you guys did. Seems like we're just opposite on Belarus versus Roman. <laughs> I think so. I um, oh, it's so good. It's what this year needed. This year needed out-of-the-box interesting stuff. And this is an out-of-the-box interesting thing that is in, that is incredibly enjoyable to watch and is vocally impressive. And it's so I'm so glad we got this. <laughs> it's vocally impressive. I just I feel like I just have heard better like opera contemporary like classical contemporary like kind of vibes and i think that and 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 when millen said that it's doing far too much but in a good way i think it could be doing more honestly i think that the staging could be a bit more dynamic because all it really is is just naked people moving under the tarp and then doing a weird interpretive dance which i understand that like you don't really want to upstage the singer because he's obviously the main event. Um, it might be part of why I don't like love this song. Might just be because I've kind of seen this performance a little bit too much. Just because it's very iconic and it's very noteworthy for like being super outrageous. The novelty has definitely worn off on me, and you know, I think I'm just being kind of negative about this one. I, I think it's objectively very good that it stands out in a good way, and that his vocals very like it's faultless and. I think the staging is ultimately good and I can't really put my finger on what it is that doesn't really click with me. Everything clicks with me here. I loved this one. <laughs> I didn't dislike it. I think I liked it. I didn't love it. 
sorry to be the the negative. I feel like I'm being very negative this episode, but <laughs> sorry, this, this it, it, it's my opinion. Um, do you think that um, Europe liked the song as much as you guys did? Yes, I think this is going to get third. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's got to be in the top ten for me, if not top five. Hmm. Actually, no, I, take, I, I take that back. Top ten. <laughs> I think this is going to be interesting to success because this is interesting and this is fun and this year does not have interesting and fun and therefore it will stand out and be good. Ah. Second that. So after this, we have The United Kingdom, song number 15, which is Believe in Me by the one and only Bonnie Tyler. I was really surprised to see this one. Bonnie, see, Tyler. Bonnie Tyler back in action. Bonnie Tyler. I thought she was great though. I love this song actually. Yes. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm not the only one. Let's have Ellis take, that... his, take a stance on this one first, though. I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Okay. Uh, um. So, I mean, this is not. This is not generally my type of song. But I think that this gains so much from it being sung by Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> because not only does she have like a voice, but it gets so much credibility. Because mm. for some reason, like I, I legitimately think that if this exact same song was sung the exact same way and sounded no different, but was by someone who was not Bonnie Tyler, it would do worse, not just because of name recognition, but because like Bonnie Tyler gives it legitimacy as a song where it's no longer another ballad. It's a Bonnie Tyler ballad. And so I like, I thought this was, I thought this was good. I weirdly enough think that this one suffers from the less interesting year because there is more of a cluster of this type of song on this card that yeah. so like it would do a i think this would do leave a better impression in a year that was more out of the box because it does in the box very well but yeah that's my thoughts on this one well i enjoy this one a lot i definitely agree with a lot of what you had to say alice i think that honey tyler really makes this performance um but also i think that um her the the fact that there's a band on stage i feel like i talk about this a lot I feel like there are so many songs that like would just have such a much better like feel to it if there was a band on stage and this one did have a band. And I thought it was really fun. They seemed to have a lot of good chemistry and it seemed very intimate. Uh, and maybe it's because of, like the lighting. The lighting was kind of this dark kind of amber color. Lighting was and good. The stage itself is kind of small, and there were a lot of um, uh, like people in the band, so that added to it. But then it went from being really intimate to being really anthemic and kind of like a stadium kind of rock ballad when she went to the satellite stage and it started to lift up. I thought that was a really cool effect. And yeah, I mean, it's it's no I Need a Hero, but it's it's, it's no still quality. It's in the heart. Oh, no. But um, this is still great. I think that you've yet to really look at 
a, like a good proper UK entry. I think that this is the first one that we've really seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's so by far the best UK entry we've looked at. Definitely, yeah. I'm just thinking that so far we've seen a lot of undeserved UK second places. I'm not saying that this deserves second place, but if it did get that, I would not be mad. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a Mm. top five song. I think I I totally agree with Ellis's uh, analysis of Bonnie Tyler's like branding giving this song mm-hmm. some legitimacy. I think the chorus was written for her voice in an excellent way. The verses, however, felt a little bit shaky at times. Um, she was very clearly, you know, enjoying herself. She like she's not past her prime, which is a good thing. Um, she was dancing a little bit, kind of like awkwardly on the stage, and I thought <laughs> that was cute and endearing, like. She's yeah. you know, the stars, just like us, kind of thing. Um, again, I her voice is is truly something else, and it works mm. for her, given that she's made her career off of that voice. It did feel like she couldn't quite escape her total eclipse of the heart fame. Like, I get that Eurovision is not the time to be exploring something new as an artist, right? But at the same time, it did feel a little bit like she was kind of coasting on that in a way. You know, I guess that's more of a personal thing. For the sake of Eurovision, that's probably the exact right decision to make. Um, I, 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 re- I really like the sound of this song. The performance was, like you said, intimate and warm almost. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. Top five. Cool. So... After the UK's performance, we had Sweden host entry with uh, Robin Sternberg's You. And before we get to it, we're going to Fun Fact Fjord. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. Because in the uh, Swedish like national final, Melody Festival, the second place act was this J-Rock singer named Yohio. What? He's like, well, he's not from he's not from Japan. He's from Sweden, but like it's very like. Okay. He's like a weeb that likes to do J-pop, J-pop, and I wouldn't say it's good, but it's worth a listen. <laughs> And I would have appreciated it more than I think I appreciate this. Weird. Okay. Yeah. But I had to share that. Yeah, th- this one was also weird. Yeah, it's... Mm. For a couple different reasons. It's like, I do not think this song is bad. It sounds like something... It sounds like, like One Republic or like... Oh yeah, Milo Zyloto era Spotify or uh, not Spotify Coldplay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy singing it looks like a Padawan for Jedward. You are really on Jedward today. I'm really on Jedward what? today. As you should. We should always be on Jedward, and I entirely agree with you. 
costumes are weird. The costumes I look like really like I really like the costumes for this one. Like really? they're, I think I like them too. They're definitely bizarre though. Yeah, yeah, they're for sure bizarre. But they felt the the closest thing to modern like I don't want to say high fashion because of the weird like back cutout vests, but there yeah. this was the most contemporary in a, in a continuous way. Like I can imagine you can see Robin's outfit on a runway. Yeah, I can imagine elements of each of these outfits on some runway yeah. somewhere in the world. Yeah. He yeah. his his top is his top awesome. is awesome. That like you think it's awful? No, I not awful. It's off. Like there's oh. something missing. It feels a little bit like a cheap Halloween costume, but I I quite liked it. I I think the actually the costumes. I mean the outfits are what I wrote about the most. Um, oh, I, I think it's because this falls into the category three of there's nothing really much to talk about for the song. Let's talk about the outfit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of true. Um, but as far as the song goes, very radio friendly. Definitely yeah, something yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that I can imagine playing. You know, in a car stereo on a summer of like 2014, 2015. Yeah, this which felt much more contemporary than all the other songs. Then mo- this was like the most contemporary feeling of the night, even more so than the ones that were trying to force the contemporary feeling by inserting dubstep. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that wins points for me actually because a Eurovision song being ahead of its time is pretty much unheard of. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is a perfectly lovely pop song, and I think that his voice is actually exceptional. It's very good. His voice is very good. I liked the spark effects. Like it, it wasn't pyro, but it was weird, like sparks spark flying. Shower. Yeah, I liked that. I thought it was, I thought it was eye catching. I, I thought this was good, and I feel like I like, I don't know. I feel like I'm describing it in a way that makes it seem like I don't like it, but I actually did. I just don't know if I have a lot to say about why I liked it. Yeah, I'm with you. On you that there. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you think that this is top half bottom half middle what top half. top half for sure it's a good song i just can't really say why and i yeah i don't know how well it's going to end up doing just by virtue of not being that outstanding i guess like the fact that we can't quite put our finger on why this is good makes me think that it might not get as many votes as it could but i do think it's going to do well very cool. So after this was uh, song number 17, which was Kedveshem by Bye Alex from Hungary. We previously brought up the bullshit mid 2010s fashion and who oh, boy. Oh yeah. But a, a question on yeah. the, like on the lower third Chiron, um, huh? this song is listed as Kedvesem zoo hacker remix. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know what that's what, about. It does not. What, where, where is that coming from? Cause I when I saw that, I was expecting like, Oh yeah, is this is going to be a dancey dancey pump your fist song. Because that's what I associate <laughs> remix with, particularly a remix of a pop song. And it's like, what? 
It sounds. Uh, I don't. I don't. And who is Zoo Hacker? And why are they? I don't know, but I think I like him. a remix to this competition. <laughs> weird, 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 weird. But yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Again, operative word of the evening: weird. This is kind of a weird performance. Um, oh, I did not like this one. <laughs> I did like this one, but it's on thin ice. Yeah, because I'm, I'm with Jonathan on this one to the T. Yeah, I, I think that the song itself is good. I like his vocal. He's not a very talented vocalist, I don't think. But I think that his kind of weird, breathy, almost like grunting vocal style <laughs> complements like the really melodic backing vocalist well. Um, I hated the weird like LED like graphic design is my passion vibes going on behind him. I don't know what that was. With like the weird simplistic drawings, I mean, I don't know what the song is about really. So maybe it maybe it complements it. And then the weird green lighting that doesn't it just looks weird. I don't know. Uh, this dude, I another thing that was thrown me is that he does not look like someone who is singing the song. He looks like some dude that is going to be producing dubstep. Like he looks <laughs> like a producer. He's got the Skrillex glasses. He looks His like he's someone were like, so tight, so ridiculously tight. Oh my yes. god! Yeah, wearing the slouched beanie. He's wearing a, <laughs> like... a a black knight from Monty Python shirt for some reason. Wait, what? That's funny. Was that too? That's really funny. Yeah, I feel like he could either be that or like some like, like an indie acoustic. I only listen to vinyl of like <laughs> yeah. yeah Motown me... music and acoustic music from the seventies. <laughs> to me, this guy performs at coffee houses. You know, yeah, and oh yeah, like a barista station is what we'll call it or something. Uh, he, Fully. yeah, he looks more like instead. It, to me, he looks like someone who pre- who performs at coffee houses, but he brings his modular synth setup. Yeah, very that. Oh yeah, he does have the Black Knight shirt. That's really funny. Um, yeah. I I didn't like his vocals that much, but I do see how they could be uh, a positive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that was sounded really mean, but I don't know. <laughs> I re- I liked the. Um, guitarist there. I like this the very like kind of whimsical, sweet um, synth like I, I don't know backing electronic track. I have Ellis. Don't right. hate me for this, but it was yeah. it almost reminded me of Swarty. Oh, Swarty's on another level from this. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is not. Sure. This is not for nearly sure. lush, charming, cute, or good enough to be Swarty. I agree, but as far as like a reference to go from. Mm-hmm. Compared yeah. to say other you know electronic music producers, Swarty is the one that jumped to mind. One thing that I noticed in the background like video that they were showing, uh, were that at one point it showed uh, like a video like a animation of the world, and it zoomed in on the USA. <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting. Oh, really and then funny. I'm watching it now, and and the English word fear just popped up. I know. I have no clue if those are like lyrics in the background or or what. Oh, also speaking of more weirdness, fun fact: Fjord, he's a published author, and his debut novel translates to a suicide in Miskolk. Oh wow, that sounds like a sounds like a Miss Marple novel. Oh, it does sound like a Miss Marple novel. This guy's an enigma. He really is. Why, why is this Eurovision so puzzling? 
I just don't know. But anyway, um, how do you think this one will do? <laughs> who knows? Who 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 knows? I think it'll be above the middle. <clears throat> I think it's a worse version of uh, Malta's entry with like a yeah. like kind of cute hipstery thing. Um, and because of that, I don't like since there's already a version of this that's better. I don't think it really has much space to succeed. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I personally don't like the song that much. I can understand why other people do, but I, I don't think it's going to do particularly great. Definitely bottom half. All right. So song number 18, we're nearing towards the end. This is Denmark's Emily DeForest with the song Only Teardrops. I feel like I've heard of Emily DeForest or I've heard of this song or something before. I also thought that I had listened to that song before. Yeah. I know I haven't. Interesting. But it, it I, I know what you mean. I think the first time that I heard the song too, it seemed kind of familiar just because it has that kind of sound. Well, I'll tell you what. The uh the song and the performance of this took heavy inspiration from the music video for Some Nights by Fun. Oh uh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Cause I think it's got the Jack Antonoff drums and the 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 like little drummer boy war drummer people that were backing her are straight out of the video, which I thought was funny. Yeah, overall I don't know if I love this one. I think it's hard for me because I think this song is super gimmicky. Like you said, Ellis, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think the song itself is good in its own right, like objectively good. I just don't know if I care about this. It's kind of basic. I like the confetti at the end. I think that's fun. I like the tin whistle. The, really was, reaching. Yeah. But there, I, well, I, I mean, I wrote that down. I thought that was very cool because they dropped confetti and they dropped like the the shower sparks. I thought that was really cool. At the same time, it was neat. And this looks expensive and it looks well done. Ultimately, yeah. I, the song just doesn't really do it for me. I think without the the drums or the tin whistle this would be a much lesser song and it would not be very good i think uh, the song to really be good it would kind of have to stand a little bit more on its own maybe but um it's not bad i think it's actually pretty good it's just not one of my favorites yeah i thought this one was pretty good and gets better with the field if if it was this is this is one that would suffer deeply from a weaker year or from a stronger year because mm-hmm. like i do think this is a good song but you put this song in 2010 and it wouldn't barely would scratch my like i don't know if it would you put this song in 2010 and i don't think it makes my personal top five but this year it does almost by default i don't know if it's my personal top five actually no it's not my personal top five but in listening to it i mentioned this earlier this song has like every single aspect of 
what makes a Eurovision song a Eurovision song. Yeah. It's got like, you know, young girl, lead singer. They have uh, the kind of blend of like traditional instrumentation with, with modern musical themes. It's poppy. It's danceable. It's got a sweet message. It's everything about it feels so quintessentially Eurovision. And I mean, not quite as hard as love, love, peace, peace, but it's still, you know, very, I don't like that about it. I, I don't know how I feel about that. It almost feels like formulaic as if it were designed to win, but two on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. It's two on the nose, but the audience response was huge. Like the guy plays the little tin whistle, like one note, he holds it for half a second and everybody explodes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's just because it is like, it's definitely pandering to the jury vote. So clearly there's something going on in the eyes of the public for a reaction that big. It's, it's going to do well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. So after Denmark was song number 19, which was Yega Leaf by Athor Inji from Iceland. I enjoy this one a lot. I think that purely from like, if I was only listening to the studio versions, I would say that this was the best ballad of the night. Or maybe second to UK, but um, yeah, I think the song is really good. And I think the staging complements it well because it's very simple. And I liked the backdrop of the lighthouse and the cottages. But at the same time, there's only so much that this song can really stand out. If that makes any sense. Ultimately, I do like it. I think it's well performed. It's well executed, but sort of pales in comparison to other ones. Well, not it pales in comparison to like a few others, but in the overall feel, I think this is a highlight for me. Yeah, I I liked this one, and I thought I I liked it at the start, and then I still liked it at the end, but I liked it less at the end for no good reason aside from like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wildly repetitive. I yeah um, yeah and it, I it, I just needed this one to do more but I still think it's gonna do okay mm. I think for the first good chunk of the song I had it summed it up with one sentence for me which was Icelandic ballad by blonde Dave Grohl um, <laughs> <laughs> but then there was a key change in the kind of close to the end and I wanted to like it more right then, but even though the key, the lyrics didn't at all. And it's just Yega Leaf, Yega Leaf, Yega Leaf, like on loop. And I was already very bored of the lyrics by that point. And when the songwriters had this opportunity to really make it into something special, they kept going on this track that was okay but at a certain point it just gets boring and then the ending was completely underwhelming as well you, you kind of fade it out and it, it was like a, a slow fizzle okay 
started off, I had, I didn't have high hopes, but I was expecting it to be something better, and it was fine until it was no longer fine. And then they tried to save it, and it was still no longer fine. And then it ended, and I didn't care. Yeah, it, like, there was a moment where it started to do something, and I was like, oh, good, it's doing something. And then it stopped doing something, and I was like, yeah. oh. I agree. Why do you tease us like this, Thor? Yeah. To repeat what you said, Millen, I really want to like this one, and I think I do, but I want to like it more. The dude's voice was great. Yeah, for sure. There was nothing technically about this song that was bad. It just Mm -hmm. was not well written. Yeah. So, how do you think that'll factor into the results? I still think this is going to do pretty good because all in all, it is one of the better ballads of the night, but it's not, certainly not going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I would say around spot like number 10 or 11. Good to hear. So, we're into the 20s with the song number 20, which was Hold Me by Farid Mamadov from Azerbaijan. talk about the trope of on-the-nose Eurovision. I think that this is... It's similar to Denmark in the sense that this is very, very intrinsically Eurovision. I think it just does a worse job of executing it. It's too much. It's too much for me. I don't know. Did you guys feel the same way? I honestly... I forgot the song, but I thought the performance was really cool. Yeah, this this was one of my favorite performances of the night, honestly. Oh, okay. This the staging of this song is so cool. It's so cool. Really cool. It's really cool. So the the dude is standing on top of this like mylar box, and then there's another dude in the mylar box who then like gets up and does some weird contortionist stuff and then flips upside down so that he's acting as a reflection of the singer who's on top of the box. And it, like it looks really, really neat. And I think they like it's cool because it's a concept that I've not seen before, but it's a good concept. And they execute it really well. The guy in the box is killing it. And the singer is doing their doing a good job of singing. And the it's like it's well choreographed to utilize the setup that they've that they've made. I thought this was great. I thought the performance of this one was awesome. I love the performance of this. The the like emotion that the shadow gave, or like the reflection, I guess, was really cool. Because then when the dude left the box, like you, you could see the the shadow dancer kind of like sink down and not have this uh, this attachment anymore. And there was also this cool thing that I noticed where the lead singer like sunk down against the box along like timed with his shadow and then tapped on the acrylic and when they went back up and I'm like, Haha, neat. I can, I see a little bit of the behind the scenes there. And then one thing that I didn't understand, perhaps just because I wasn't really paying attention to the song, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> was suddenly there was this uh, woman walking onto the stage from the little satellite stage with like a hundred foot long train. <laughs> yes. which I, like everything about this was so interpretive. Like if it were staged and directed, it could have been, you know, a perfume ad. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really cool thing. It was not as, yeah classic of a performance as moldova's like the performance in that one was just perfect for a musical performance but this one was just really cool to watch yeah yeah i i definitely agree and to expand on like what i said earlier i think that this is a really impressive performance and i i like it i just sometimes struggle with performances like these where there's so much between the song and the viewer where it's sort of hard for me to make a connection to it that kind of rents it from being one of my favorites, but I still think it's really good and it's a really in, like intriguing and well done and well executed performance. Yeah, I think this so it's just like down to personal taste for me. I think. Yeah, I I think this was my favorite performance of the night altogether. It was it was I I really really enjoyed their staging gimmick and I thought the song was as good as you can do with a Eurovision ballad and he sung it well and it was a perfectly it was a good song that was improved by a by a transcendent staging. I don't know. Transcendent's too strong. I I really liked this. <laughs> Do you think it has what it takes to take it all the way? Not at all. I could not remember the song <laughs> even while I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to get up there just because it's a good song. It's a good, well-done song. And... The visual is arresting and memorable enough that I think that'll get votes, particularly against the weak field. So I think it's going to be up there. Very good. After Azerbaijan was song number 21, which was Alcohol is Free by Koza Mostra and Agathon Iakovides for Greece. It's Kilt Gang and Kilt Dad. Yes, this is so good. This might be my favorite of the entire night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I might have to agree. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. It, and I, so going into this viewing, I was always like, oh, Greece was such a good performance, but like, I don't think I can call it my winner. But watching it now, it's like, I feel like I gotta. Because yeah. it's very Eurovision in the sense that it combines aspect of popular music with an aspect of folk music but it does it in a kind of more nuanced interesting way where it's like taking ska combining it with traditional greek folk music which i think is more of an interesting choice than just combining like big drums and like whistles with standard pop song um and i think that just the stage presence is so there and they have such like good charisma and chemistry with each other and, and the, the song is <laughs> Oh my god, the old guy's so good. And I just love the parts where they're like running around, they run to the satellite stage, they move their instruments with each other in a choreographed way. It's just like so fun. And the performance really makes it. Because this isn't really a song that I don't I don't think I would maybe listen to this like on Spotify or something. 
but the performance is so dynamic and infectious that you can't not love it, I feel like. Yeah, this one's really great. This is... It kind of... It reminds me a little bit of the Lithuania song that didn't qualify from 2010. This is on a different level. It's... Yeah, it's it's better than that. Not only because they've actually brought instruments and are... And it's a better <laughs> song and they're performing it better, question mark. But like... It, this is, I forgot where I was going with this sentence. This is, it's great. It's like, it's cheeky. It's fun. It is legitimately a good song. It's yeah. nice to see Sky at Eurovision. The <laughs> old dude is great. The folk instruments are great. The chorus is great. You, you got to love a bunch of dudes in kilts going, running around going, alcohol, alcohol, alcohol is free. Like, yeah, uh, this is fantastic. Oh, and the part at the end when they do like the like weird um, chorus line, I mean, all about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instruments light up. Yeah. Oh, that too. Oh, yeah. Yes. These are all of the gimmicks so were good. Fun. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are gimmicks working exceptionally well. They yes. sear this song into your mind in a, in a perfect way. <sighs> I loved the like constant high knees of that accordion player. Yes. <laughs> Everything yeah. about this just made me smile. And uh, I cannot say that for any other song of the night. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. It reminded me of an Ailstorm song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very that. I think that right now for me, it's next. This kind of surpasses Moldova, but Moldova is a close second for me right now. Yeah. Yeah, this was the best song of the evening by far. Um, e, no, I would disagree with that, actually. I think really? the Netherlands have a really good song. It's not a year. Norway. Okay. Um, I thought this, I, this was my favorite song of the evening by far. Um, it's up there for me, too. And is it going to win? No. Does it deserve to win? Eh, maybe. Is it a winner in our hearts? Yes. <laughs> This is I'm glad there were the Lou Memorial. <laughs> I mean, it's all of us, so no. But <laughs> if, if if you guys didn't like it, it probably would be. <laughs> I'm glad that 20 songs in, we're finally at the point where we have opinions about the songs. Yeah, <laughs> and it's because it, th this speaks to the horrid pacing of this show too. Is that the first half was a slog, and now suddenly. Everything's a banger. My two favorite songs of the evening back to back. It's like, oh my god, Eurovision, plan your shit out better. Yeah. Um. So you said you said it wouldn't win, but like, do you think it'll still do well? Oh, hundred percent. I still think this is going to perform up there. I don't think a party song of this magnitude can win Eurovision necessarily. Huh. Just because I like. I don't, the jury, what do you think the jury's going to think of this? You think the jury's going to look <laughs> at this and go, oh, yes, alcohol is free. Oh, ho, ho, 12 points. Like, no, but I think it's a really fun song that is going, that, the, and it's going to get the high-placing fun song spot. What What did uh, Dancing Lasha Tumbai place? Second. Second. <laughs> I think, like, Greece stands a chance of that kind of position. Yeah. I, I mm. think it's probably top five maybe maybe sixth or something like that but it's 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 really fun <laughs> it's really fun gotcha. all right so next we're moving on to 
the winner of the inaugural Apricot Stone Award of What the Fuck Did I Just Watch? It's song number 22, Gravity by Zlata from Ukraine. This man. What was this? Who's that man? He's so huge. Carries her like a baby. His steps are completely out of time with the, <laughs> with like the thunderous shake of the stage supposedly. Yeah, yeah what in costume? In a in a like a Valkyrie costume too. Everything about this was so hilarious in the first five <laughs> seconds, and then suddenly it loses everything. It loses everything it has going for it. This song starts three times. I swear to God, it starts three times because it starts when the Valk it starts when the oversized Valkyrie carries her in, and then it starts again when she starts singing, and then it starts again when it changes track entirely, like fifteen seconds into the yeah. song. But the chorus, like the the chorus, is like an indifferent song almost. It's weird. I know it, and it didn't. So that first, like the intermediary stage between her being set down on the paper mache rock surrounded by fog <laughs> and when the kind of electronic drums and, and synth started kicking in i was like i do not have high hopes for this song because mm. clearly there's some story being told here and i just I don't have any clue what it's supposed to mean but the thing and is then i don't think like they never followed through on that story in any way. It made no, there was no cohesion to the performance. It was, the, all I can say is that her dress was kind of nice. Like that's it. Well, it was. It was, yeah. But yeah. The, the structure of this song is god awful. Yeah. Because for one, there is no progression aside from the fact that it starts three times. Cause it's after it starts the third time, it is the same thing until the end. And then it just ends. Like, there is no climax. There is no denouement. There is no suggestion that the song is about to end. It just kind of like, all right, Pyro, it's over. Like, what was that ending? What was it? I, I, yeah, I honestly got distracted. Like, I zoned out completely while listening to this because it was the same exact thing, like you're saying, Ellis. And I didn't notice that it had ended. <laughs> I had to go back after the next performance started and i'm like wait a minute i missed half of this song yeah yeah it's it's really confusing as is the theme for a lot of these songs but what? It, it's yeah it's bizarre the pacing is weird like ellis said also i realized for the first time i've listened to the song more than once before this and the chorus starts like the choruses starts with the words like and like the butterfly but is it, I, i'm like a butterfly is what i was hearing I don't really know because I didn't know that it was about butterflies at all until I watched this and I saw that there were butterflies and I was like, oh, because I thought she was saying like bot of laws or something, which was like a Ukrainian word maybe. I don't know. Yeah, super weird. I, and the, the 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 weird man that carries her in never comes back and is never mentioned again. It has nothing to do with the song, Camillan like said. So I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a fun gimmick in the same way that like aspects of like, 
agree, sir, Azerbaijan. Like, it just doesn't make sense, and it is confusing and not fun. This song, in a word, whack. Yeah. I, I, it's got to do poorly. It has to do poorly. <laughs> do you agree, Ellis? Yeah, it has to. Who is going to vote for this monstrosity <laughs> of a song? The weird vocalizations in the background, the kind of like... Oh, I was about to say that. Almost throat singing, but they don't quite achieve that. And the, and the, and the male backing vocalist keeps going like, he yeah. yeah. What? Why? For what? Who knows? You did this for what? <laughs> yeah, truly. Anyway, I think that wraps things up on Ukraine. Moving on to Italy, song number 23, which was L'Essenziale by Marco Mengoni. What a suit. What a suit. This man is stunning. Come through consistently with some of the best suits in the entire performance year after year. Yeah. And some of the most attractive people, I he will is say. Styling all over this stage. It, oh my god. But is this a what did we feel about the song? Because is this a is oh, this a love it. three awful. song or a song kind of... is awful? What? The song was awful. I oh, uh, I I liked it, but I I will admit that I think the, the aspects I think that everything other than the songs working so well that I'm open to the fact that I might be biased. <laughs> but um, I thought it was a nice song. Yeah, it's just I think like, it's very like jazz. Jason, I don't want to say Michael Bublé because I don't think it's like Michael Bublé, but like kind of it's very like Italian modern jazz vibes. I think that's fun and fine. Yeah, I didn't care for this a lick. Like I thought he was great. I thought the song was just boring and trash and just like uh i don't i don't care it got like it it got better towards the end this is another one where like the last couple go rounds of the chorus it was like oh okay now it's starting to make sense like now i'm getting it but it i don't know if that can make up for the first half being nothing i don't think it was nothing i like this is yeah. not something that i would choose to listen to it's no Udo from 65. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I do think it is it is undeniably a better ballad than some of the others that have been in this contest. Yeah. I think his voice is fine. I think his stage presence is immaculate. <laughs> I think yes. like it may not be perfect. But I don't think it has to be perfect to do well in this crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah I'm. Being... Oh, I'm surprised that we haven't talked about the heartthrobs yet that we always do. I mean, he's the the number one heartthrob of the night. Yeah, oh, he's no doubt. No one else was this attractive. <laughs> I, I don't. Um, no guess Sweden. Sweden. Oh no, Sweden was wearing way too much makeup. He was wearing a lot of makeup, but honestly, respect. Um, I don't know. I like this. I he I don't know if anyone else is even really leaning into the heartthrob that much this year. 
Yeah, I think Ireland was. Mm. Get to it when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. That one. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> weird is the only word that we can use to describe songs. <laughs> fully. Hey, and it's so weird because I feel like we're back in like 1988 when like every song kind of sounds the same and it's weird. We don't know how to describe it, but it's 2013. <laughs> yeah. This shouldn't be the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've said all I need to say about this one. I really like this one a lot. Yeah. Do you think this one will do well? I think so. I think it's probably yes. going to be top seven. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to go up there. This is one that's going to get pushed up by a lack of competition, I think. Hmm. Okie dokes. So, three more songs. 24th song of the night was I Feed You My Love by Margaret Berger from Norway. you mean by 100 gags for the first three seconds we finally have a banger <laughs> this was a song that i thought i had listened to before but i really hadn't and when i did i was shocked by how good it was yeah the it it starts it has an intro that is french core why is there french core at eurovision i don't know but i love it why what is anything about this song it doesn't make sense, but it bangs, and I will take that this year. This one really does bang. This one fucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't. I can agree. I feel like the <laughs> instrumentals were great. The intro so yeah. captivating after just a swamp of. You know, me being tricked by the butterfly wah thing, and then <laughs> really intro. But this one, it worked. It worked well. It was very engaging. It definitely, you know, after a whole run of like mediocre pop songs, mediocre rock songs, bad ballads, it picked up the energy right at the end of the performance again, which I think is uh, crucial because otherwise, no one would have been able to sit through this entire show. I don't like there uh, i had a few critiques mostly with the performance and like the staging and choreography and everything like that despite the energy of the song and the kind of almost like evanescence-esque blend <laughs> of big vocals and grungy instrumentals grungy isn't the word for it but kind of like harder instrumentals yeah she wasn't really doing anything on the stage it, she was performing it as if it were a ballad and it was so obviously not a ballad you could really move to this one <laughs> i and i think some of the fault here has to lie in the dress that she's wearing yeah oh i love it, it, it I, no really i think good, it, she can't move it, it, it's good but the that the skirt something needs to happen there so that she can move her legs i think this would be weird though if she was dancing though i i don't know i i I think it works really well the way it is personally it looks like she's casually strolling around the stage like i think yeah. if she were able maybe not to dance but to just move faster it would be better it looks like she's yeah, I guess. 
Yeah. Being restricted. I want to see her thrashing around while holding a mic stand. <laughs> yeah, actually, I can I can agree with that. Me, I think this isn't my favorite performance of the night, but I think it's objectively the best in terms of the full package. Yeah, this was very good. I liked this one a lot. Yeah, I think that objectively this should be the winner because I think that it's just so current and not in kind of a weird like still Eurovision, but current. It is very. It's not out of place in Eurovision, but it's not pandering to what Eurovision is, and it's not like who on it's not on the nose at all. I just think that this is a really powerful performance. The song is really catchy. I think that juries will like it because it's very radio friendly. I think that it appeals to televotes too because it's like kind of a bop, and there's there's real vocal talent there too. So a ring endorsement of this performance from from me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this has got to be. This is probably one of my choices for not only personal winner, but like genuinely could win. I don't think it will. I'm not sure why. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe it, it's slightly too edgy to the point where it might lose some televotes for not being oh, sweet enough, you know. But definitely like the most interesting dynamic song of the night, not counting Greases, given that Greases was kind of like a meme song. Not actually, <laughs> it, more of a like, haha, this is for fun, than, all right, this is a genuinely, here's a song that the jury may enjoy as well, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, does that wrap up our thoughts? Yeah. All right, so, second to last song of the evening was Georgia, uh, and their song Waterfall by... Nori Tatishvil and Sophie Jelovani. I have three words written down for this song. Bah. Lame. Key change. <laughs> Personally, I think I liked this one, but it didn't seem like a real song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I sat through all three minutes and I was like, I don't think I... It felt fake and I felt like I didn't really watch anything. There was something and I thought it... I think I thought it was good. <laughs> but was it? <laughs> More of the budget for this performance went into fog machines than into song. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Th- it was viscous on that stage. <laughs> and the song itself so boring. If you're going to have something called Waterfall and you're not going to at least match the level of Waterfalls by TLC, <laughs> do better. Change the name. That is, you know, of course a like cultural kind of significance difference but regardless the lyrics were cheesy nothing felt resolved in the song it was bleh yeah all those things are correct all right let's move on (laughs) i was i was impressed by the vocals though the vocal like they were yeah well sung it's a well sung song yeah anyway (laughs) song number 26 well do you want to do scores for this one 
Uh, nah. It's one of those ones where, like, you could mark. go anywhere and I don't really care. So, song number 26 was Ireland's uh, Ryan Dolan with the performance of Only Love Survives. Oh, boy. Um, this is the song that I said had Swedish House Mafia vibes. It did have Swedish oh, House Mafia yeah. vibes. Yeah, for sure. But it also had... Um, I don't I don't understand. Why, why is this song... Why is the performance of this song a tribal tattoo, but an entire performance? This is like that weird Celtic tattoo. Yes, very but bad. It, the... the <sighs> Is it just me or do the performances who have exposed tattoos or temporary tattoos, are those not like like that sort of like super popular dude with tactical sunglasses, Oceana tribal tattoo thing? Like it looks like the tribal tattoo. That, I, it looks like the bad pointy tribal tattoos that a bunch of people that were not actually Pacific Islanders got, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's because that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, it's a bizarre combination of, like, quote-unquote tribal drumming by this Irish singer who's singing this kind of weird EDM-adjacent song. Yeah. I don't think it was bad. Kind of a weird way to close the show, to be honest. Um, yeah. I thought it was perfectly fine, but not for me. Yeah. I don't know what was going on here. I was deeply, deeply confused by this performance, um, and not in a good way. It's just like, uh, why? Why is this performance the way it is? Why is it doing this? Why are the backup singers doing like a cutesy hand heart thing next to two oiled up, wildly choreographed drummers with presumably fake tribal tattoos next to the singer? in a leather jacket next to another drummer who has a a bigger drum setup than Motley Crue and and Rush combined, except they're all big, like, Tycho-ass drums. Oh, my God. The drummers were the only thing that gave this song, like, gave the performance any real energy. His vocals felt, like, tinny and nasally, and yeah. he wasn't really doing anything besides standing there in his over-pleated leather jacket. I hated that. Yeah, it was. It almost looked glittery. Yeah. Why did they choose that? Weird. I don't know. Weird. Again, it's weird. Weird. <laughs> and also comparing this, like this Irish entry to other entries from Ireland throughout the years that we've reviewed so far, this does not match their their general vibe at all. Which yeah, I feel like their emo is very. It's kind of like ballady almost. Yeah, and. I mean, I don't think you have to be limited to something that you've done in the past, in, in Ireland's case, but 
the fact that it's so like far out there and i mean just compared to the other ones that we reviewed like i said the fact that it's it's not good enough to stand on its own makes you notice the fact that it's not a traditional irish entry yeah i i think my favorite part about this was the postcard just because it was with his family and his family kind of reminds me of my family and that's all that's a very specific thing it's very specific and personal and the rest of it um take it or leave it <sighs> how how about the results on this one huh i have no clue i don't know it's gonna do well probably by process of elimination but like what we're getting to that point in the evening ladies and gentlemen yeah i i it's not that i don't care about where this ends up it's just that it feels there are single digit no, no no less there are less than five good songs in this entire show there really are and that's a problem and this is not one of them which means that it doesn't matter to me yeah truly i think we're done let's let's move on so we're done with all the songs that was a journey thanks for coming with us and we're getting ready to talk about the results so just going into the results who do you think is going to be first who do you think is going to be last um last is a harder question than ever before yeah truly i don't know who's gonna be last because there's no there's no easy there's no like low-hanging fruit last picks here there's no gemini this year yeah there's no gemini because the ones that are truly bad are truly bad because they're boring not because they're actively entertainingly bad which is the worst Mm. kind of bad but like i don't know Maybe maybe Russia, like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure. Can't say. As far as a winner, though, I think the UK probably up there. I think Denmark's up there. I think Norway's up there. UK, uh, hold on. UK, Denmark, Norway, Greece, and um, Azerbaijan, oh, Malta, and Malta. Moldova. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so in Malta, I guess, not Malta. Yeah. Um. Uh. My. Hmm. I think Malta, Norway, and I think Malta, Norway, Denmark, UK have the best shots of winning. All right. You ready to get into it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. These are the point values, except for the winner. How do we feel? <laughs> that is a wide range. Wow. Yeah, it no, is. No zeros though. Wow. Yeah, no, no zeros. I don't know if this necessarily. I don't think any of these really deserve the zero. So, yeah, fair. Okay, so in the bottom spot, twenty-sixth place with five points, we had Ireland. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow! <laughs> That's shocking. They deserve it? Yeah. That's I don't know really if they deserve it. I, I mean, no, 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 it didn't. Oh, okay. I don't think the song deserved it. The performance did, though. The performance was, mm. yeah. That's really funny. That's that's second to last was Spain. Oh, points. Yeah, I'm okay with that. We're at twenty fourth place. Technically a song, no song. Was Finland. Oh, uh, Chris, that, the, that the big fat good. white nasty. I forgot about that one. Oompa Loompa body. Oh, her. <laughs> yeah. I'm shocked yeah. that didn't do better. Honestly, should have <laughs> gone, gone lower. <laughs> uh, 
it should have gotten last place in the fucking Finnish national final, but yeah. 23rd place with 14 points. That's... Huh. Wait, I forget who French was. Hold on. The first one. First one, like oh, the rock lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, interesting. Fair. I think that's you, too bad for like, her. With, with all of these, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't complain about this because I want to like say that was better, but it really wasn't. You're not wrong. <laughs> that was so... Something about that was said with so little compassion. <laughs> what? It's like, oh, I feel bad for her. <laughs> I mean, I do, but also not that much. <laughs> uh, anyway, 26, 5, 4, 3, 22nd place, 17 points. Get ready, because it's Lithuania. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. There's also, like, big heartthrob energy, I feel like. Right. Yeah, 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 it is kind of all i had going for it yeah. anyway 21st place 18 points one more point germany cascada no that's a yeah. shame but i'm okay with it being there it's a shame but it's fairly deserving literally every result of this contest i feel like is like fine whatever i don't care yeah again there were only five good songs really 20th place 19 points estonia mm-hmm. was estonia oh her 19, 23 points. UK. Whoa. Whoa, really? That is I forgot way, it was that low. Shit. Way lower than I was expecting. Yeah. Same. Bonnie Tyler? She's an icon and she deserves better. Yeah, agreed. Well. And there's a significant po- jump to the next song, too, from 23 to 41. Yeah, 41 points in 18th place uh, was Armenia. Which one was Armenia? Rock band singing about bad environmentalism. Oh. Right, yeah. Vladislav from What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Iommi song. Uh, 17th place, 47 points. Iceland, Jäger Leaf. Jäger Leaf. Times 15. As far as one that I'm able to sing along to, Iceland did wonderfully. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we at? 16th place with 48 points, I think. Yeah. Belarus, Soleo. Cool. Too much. That's about where it That's should enough. be. That's enough. IMO. 15th place, two points higher with 50 points. Georgia. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> okay. 14th place with 62 points. Sweden. Okay, yeah. that was kind of surprising. I think that should have done slightly better. I like Same. that song. This is the one time where I think Sweden should have done better. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like I could argue this, but why? Why why would I bother to find the passion to care? Yeah. It's very true. And in thirteenth place with sixty-five points, Romania. No. He deserved better. I remember him doing better, honestly. He deserved better. Exactly. The top half. Oh well. Um 12th place. Ooh, a tie. 71 points. Ooh. We had Belgium. Cool. No reaction. I, mean, yeah. I think we're waiting for the one who's tying with oh. it. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Belgium and Moldova. Whoa, whoa. Oh, Moldova. no. Moldova. I'm forgetting all of these results because I made this like, uh, I made this presentation like two weeks ago. I forgot that Moldova did that badly. That's upsetting. Wow, that is upsetting. Moldova, Sweden, the UK should all be bumped up. Agreed. I think Moldova should have gone a lot later in the running order. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that clearly didn't help Ireland, though. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But... Ireland was harmed by going last because we remembered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so I think this means we're in the top 10 now. Yeah, we're in the top 10. And as a refresher, the countries that have yet to be called are Norway, Italy, Ukraine, Greece, Azerbaijan, Hungary, um, Netherlands, Malta, Russia. That's all. I'm surprised Russia's still in it. And Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, ready for number 10? Yep. Yes. What? With 84 points. Hungary. Hey, how do I cool. feel about that? Hold on, I gotta, I gotta recheck. I don't feel about that. I like, I like oh. this song, but I think it should have done worse. This is the weird by Alex Beanie. Do hacker remix. Yeah. <laughs> swap that with Sweden, and then swap Sweden with Moldova, and then I'm happy. Yes. In here. Fifth place. One fourteen. Netherlands. Cool. Yeah. Again, that, was... the great song should not have been in Eurovision. Yeah, dare I say it's kind of too good for Eurovision? Yeah. Yeah. All right, 120 in eighth place. Malta. Wow. Better than cool. Moldova? I probably could have done ah. better. At least it's better place. than the other little hipstery vibe, Hungary. Going <laughs> place with 126 points. Italy. Yep. This guy's is hot. That's all there is to it. Surprise. I mean, that's, it is, but... that's all it needs for me. Sixth place, 152 points. Another big point jump. At Greece. No! Winner in our hearts. Sixth is really good, though. Sixth is very good. That's I I will take sixth for that. Was there a Lou Memorial song that Ellis overrates this time? No, because this year sucked. I mean, I guess the the UK, but all of us overrated that. Or Finland. He was the only one that kind of enjoyed Finland. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but I wouldn't really. <laughs> I wouldn't go to bat for Finland by any means. Yeah, I think this is an outlier. I don't think there is one. Re- Maybe Sweet, but we all overrated Sweet. I don't know. Yeah. Tend to agree a lot this year. You like I think Sweet is more interesting. Than I did too. Yeah, I think I did. All right, going into the top five, we got Denmark, we got Azerbaijan, we got uh, Norway, we got Ukraine, we got Russia. another one, Russia. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot about Russia. Ukraine <laughs> and Russia should not be in the top five. Uh, other than that. Cool. How is the UK 19th with 23 points and and U- Ukraine has been yet to be called? Same with Russia. <laughs> really puzzling. Perplexing. Yeah. All right. Fifth place, 174. Russia. Hey, um... Okay. Whatever. 191, fourth place. Norway. Oh. I kind of wanted that one to Ukraine win. Ukraine beats out Norway? Norway yeah, it does cool. by a pretty significant margin because the next point jump is to two fourteen. Dang dong. Yep. Uh, ding, ding dong. Ding, ding, Finland ding, reference. Ding. We hate you, Finland. <laughs> In this particular instance. Yes. Um, two fourteen, third place. What are we thinking? Ukraine. Our other options Ukraine, are Azerbaijan and Denmark. Denmark and Azerbaijan. I mean, yeah. Ukraine is the worst of the three, so by all means, it's probably going to win now. Okay, hey, Ukraine. <laughs> Imagine if that's if Ukraine won, that would literally be the wildest thing to ever happen. It's yeah. all because of that man. <laughs> of that man. <laughs> he sticks. I like that man. I want to know. I want to know more about him. I want to know if he's doing okay. Let's look like, him up after this. Is he healthy? Is he wonderful? Is he? I, 
What is his family like? We want to find out. We'll, we'll go on that journey together after this. Awesome. But before we do that, who do you think is going to win? Well, Azerbaijan had a much better performance. Denmark had a more Eurovision-worthy song. So I yeah. feel like it's got to be Denmark. I feel like I think Denmark wins on song. Azerbaijan wins on performance. I really liked Azerbaijan's performance. So I would give the edge to them, but I don't know how it's going to fall. Okay. With 234 points in second place was Azerbaijan. <laughs> oh, hey, awesome. Uh, your screen is frozen for me. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert, Azerbaijan was second, which means that an underwhelming year overall leads to an underwhelming winner. Denmark is the winner. What do you? How many points do you think they had? Oh. Given that Azerbaijan had two, three, four, right? Yeah. I can't, I don't know, 250 something? Like... I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of votes left to count, but I don't think it's done that well. No, I. I Ellis sounds so that. defeated. You know, we're also like resigned. Want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. Two eighty one. Cool. Well, at least it's not in the three hundreds, but also. Oh, so what if it was? <laughs> yeah, this performance got four hundred points. Would you like? <laughs> What would you do? I don't. I would say at least it's not this other performance that. <clears throat> yeah, at least it's not like Georgia or whatever the hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I forgot about the biggest controversy corner of the night. It's Whoa, happening right now. It has to do with the results. So, not to like build this up, but this is like one of the bigger controversies that I remember in like Eurovision's history. Dang. Okay, so. Lithuanian media company 15 Minutes released an undercover video that suggested that the Azerbaijani delegation were bribing Lithuanian televoters. They did this by supplying SIM cards that allowed for unlimited voting on the night of Eurovision. And it was suggested that similar activity was going down in 15 other countries. The EBU officially made no statement saying that there was no substantial evidence to correlate that activity to the Azerbaijani delegation or to the Eurovision Song Contest. But after the contest, it was later confirmed by the EBU that Azerbaijan had made a very expensive cheating attempt and um, that it was kind of thwarted because apparently there are systems to prevent that in the voting. Um, and there seemed to have been no penalty for them. But going forward, the EBU had stricter corruption measures. Uh, there were also rumors that the Azerbaijani vote, like the televoting and combined jury result, were falsified. since. Uh, the public had the second most televotes for Russia, but they ended up not giving them any points. Oh, and oh. then the Russian Weird. foreign affairs minister weighed in saying that um, it, it was rigged or something. And then um, the Belarusian president, Alexander Lukashenko, who we've talked about on this podcast before, um, also claimed that the result was rigged because he expected Russia to give them at least some points, but they didn't give them any. There are a lot of like allegations of like, this was rigged, this was rigged, but there was definitely confirmed attempt to rig vote from the Azerbaijani uh, delegation. Interesting. Whack. Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like as far as cheating goes, I'm fine with Azerbaijan cheating in this instance because their song was pretty good. So. But they didn't need to cheat. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. They did not need to. All right. So I think a big question was how many points did UK give Finland? And it's looking like zero. <laughs> I'm surprised, Mike, because I would have expected them to, like... Yeah, rip my prediction. ...look at something, yeah. 
All right, so are we ready to um, for the last part of the podcast, which is deciding the year for next review? Let's go. Yeah. I'm really hoping for the 70s, because I really like the 70s in Eurovision. 1974. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A year that no one has heard of in Eurovision history. <laughs> is that one water? Yeah. 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 I'm, like, nervous, but that's stupid. I shouldn't be. <laughs> hey. 1975. Ooh. Awesome. 75 nice good year for fun, fun. stuff yeah I, I would imagine so i think that about does it for this week of um eurovision rewind um get excited for us to talk about patreon and oh and the thing new that website. you record it's up oh and the new website that my phone won't let me go on <laughs> <laughs> if you liked what you hear on this podcast and you want to support us with some money, you can pop over to patreon.com forward slash vocabgumbo um, for a, a sliding scale of subscription costs per month. You can kick us a little money. It helps support the cost of the show, make sure that we can keep putting these out. As well, I uh, we've got a new website up. It's vocabgumbo.com, and it's got all the... Uh, all the newest episodes from all of the Vocab Gumbo shows, as well as links to our socials and to the Patreon and all that good stuff. So vocabgumbo.com. I know the About Me section isn't finished. It will be. Also, there's a contact form if you want to send us some mailbag stuff. You should. That would be cool. We will mention slash read it on the show. That's all my plugs. <laughs> and I think we're... Not to spill too many beans, but... I... We're in the provisional stages of planning some uh, Patreon-exclusive content, so keep yeah, your eyes peeled. Yeah. Should be fun. I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Tune in next week where we talk about the 1975 Eurovision Song Contest. It'll be a party. Yeah. yeah. Cool.